This morning, uh, we're going to continue talking about prayer. We've been doing a prayer initiative in the church this summer, and we've also uh, been talking about prayer for the last probably six to eight weeks, uh, and we've been focusing in on the Lord's Prayer when we're talking about that. So this morning we'll continue. Uh, last week, we I talked about the phrase, give us this day our daily bread. And I talked about it in three ways that basically everything that is essential for us as uh, believers, as people on the earth, everything that's essential for us is given, is grace. And the second point was that everything is given to everybody. So everything is, for, uh, is given to us and everything is given for everybody. And so it's imperative that God then wants us to become, move from being bread receivers to bread givers. And so the last part of that was God wants us to be bread givers, especially those of us that have a lot of excess bread. Today, we'll be talking about the phrase that says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And I'm going to divide today's sermon actually into two pieces. So we'll have a, a first half of the sermon and a second half of the sermon. You'll notice on your seats when you came in, there were little scraps of paper. Hopefully those, you, you saved those because those will come in handy for the second part of the sermon. Uh, and if you're new and you don't know me, I'm just a guy who preaches once in a while here. I'm the pastor of mission practice. And so I do things like this, uh, do things that make you write things or make you get up or down or move around or, or I have props. So don't be concerned. If you want to just stay in your seat, go for it. Um, so. I'm going to put the, the first passage of scripture up here on the screen that is, and forgive us our debts. And we're going to concentrate on that part for the first part of this sermon. And forgive us our debts. And we, this I don't have to talk too much about because one of the main subjects that the church talks about is forgiveness. Most of the songs that we sing have to do with forgiveness. So I'm not going to hit a lot on this, but I'm going to share a few things that I noticed uh, when I was planning for this and studying for this. Uh, N.T. Wright, in his book on the Lord's Prayer, talks a lot about the prodigal son as an image for prayer. And uh, he talks about when the prodigal son, the story is the son goes off and blows all of his inheritance on cheap wine and food and prostitutes and ends up feeding pigs on a farm because he has no more inheritance. And then he decides, well, I think maybe I'll go home because at least in my father's house, the servants are eating better than I do. So even if I go back and he rejects me and I become a servant, I'm at least going to be able to have food and I won't have to eat, want to eat the pig's food. So that's the son went off. There's two sons. One went off and did that. The other stayed home. The father is waiting, in a sense, for the son. The father's always looking out the window. He's kind of 
He's kind of antsy. And so the son decides to go back and he decides he's going to give this whole speech about, forgive me, Father. I've sinned against you and against heaven. So he starts going back to his house and the father, and the son's been gone for a while. And so the father's sitting there and I imagine the father is looking out the window and down the road from the house, he sees the son coming. And and, and N.T. Wright says, and the father did the very thing that was the most undignified thing for an older person to do in that culture. He started running. He started running. You know, in our day, it's good. You see a lot of people running. You see a lot of old people running at the, at the working out and running and using the machines. But in that day, it was like a sign of, it was, you were not dignified at all. And if you were older, you didn't run. Other people did the running for you. But the father starts running. And I thought that was, uh, he, N.T. Wright brings that out, that he doesn't even know what the son's going to say. He doesn't even know what the son has, has done. He, he doesn't even know what's going on. He just sees the son and he runs. He's not expecting an apology or anything. Well, the part that hit me uh, pretty strongly was that I noticed that when the son gets there, not only did the father run up to him, but the father throws his arms around him and starts kissing him before he's even heard a word from the son. Throws his arms around him and starts kissing him. I think this is an absolutely wonderful image of where we are when, this, when we say, forgive us our debts. We're saying that from the position of God having his arms around us and kissing us. I'm not going to kiss Randy, but I want Randy to come up here because I want, for those of you that have images stick in your mind, uh, <laughs> maybe I will kiss you. Uh, so Randy's the son and I'm the father. And if imagine that when you pray, so Randy needs to imagine that when he's praying, before he even thinks of asking forgiveness for his sins, God is on him like this. You know, he may not respond, obviously, but uh, <laughs> but God is all over his neck. All right, you can go away. <laughs> I did use a prop, all right. Um, but that's where we're at. That's what grace is all about. That's what we believe as Christians, that be, while we were yet sinners, while we were still sinners on the way, Jesus died for us. And so communion is like God's hug. I don't want to embrace, that's a better word. God's embrace and kiss of us before we're clean. Not after we've washed ourselves up and we've asked all all our forgiveness. You can come to communion. God hugs you. And then you you can ask forgiveness afterwards if you want to. We're used to saying it before, but this is free. This is a gift. This is grace. Before anything, God says, I love you. I hug you. I kiss you. Please come back to me. So we're going to, at this point, 
We're going to have communion. And then we're going to continue on with the sermon because I want to talk about the second half. But the first half is, feel as you come forward, realize that Jesus died for you and broke his body before before you ask forgiveness, before you even sinned. And so everything you've done and everything you will do, Jesus already forgives you for it. It's grace. He's embracing you. He's around your neck saying, I love you. I'm going to ask that when you do come forward, we have gluten-free here, but that you go to one of these two pieces of bread or the gluten crackers. I'm going to save this for the second half of the sermon, this piece of bread here. So this is going to be the second half, and we're going to do something else with that. But uh, let me pray, and then I'll invite you forward. Oh, also, I did forget this part too. Since this is a corporate prayer, our Father our debts. This is a community prayer. So one of the things we're going to do this morning is I'm going to ask that you come up, take the bread, dip it in the the grape juice, and then take it back to your seat without, without eating it. And then we're going to wait for all of us. And then we're all of us going to take this communion together as a sign of our common need for the forgiveness of our debts. Father, thank you that you run to us. You can't wait to see us. You you long for us to come back to you. You throw yourself at us. And yet you are the God of the universe. Jesus, you made this all possible. You are the son that received all the inheritance, and yet you are giving it away to us. You're giving us an inheritance of forgiveness, of wholeness, of peace and compassion and justice. Thank you, Jesus, for your gift on the cross for us, your body and your blood shed for us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would move in us, that we would walk away from this table knowing that we are clean, that we are forgiven, and that we would be willing to forgive ourselves even. We thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. So feel free to come up. We're not having music with this. All the band gets to participate in this communion and come up at any point. Oh, wow.
Anyone else? Okay. Let's all stand. Brothers and sisters, we are forgiven in the name of Jesus. We can all eat. Go ahead and have a seat. I took a, a huge chunk of bread. <laughs> oh Lord, I'm gonna this for the second half. Okay. <laughs> okay. At this point, I'm going to ask if we can bring the house lights up. Uh, maybe Randy and... Yeah, there we go. Bring them up a little ways. That's pretty good. Good, because I kind of want to distinguish between these two halves of the sermon. So, we're forgiven. It's a done deal. God's not backing out. And there's no reason whatsoever for you to back out. You've chewed on the bread and the grape juice and you've swallowed it. There might be a few pieces still stuck in your teeth, but most of it's down here, right? It's gone. It's not coming back. Now let's look at the Lord's Prayer again at the first uh, scripture passage. So the first part says, and forgive us our debts. Amen. We're forgiven. Our debts are canceled. And then the second part says, as we also have forgiven our debtors. As we are forgiven our debtors. So this is interesting because this is a passage we don't often concentrate on in church. We talk about forgiveness. We talk about communion. We talk about being clean. But we don't often talk about it being tied to our forgiveness of others. One, uh, probably about a year and a half ago, I think, a guy came to church with his family. Uh, I think he was like a youth leader guy from, and was looking for a new church to be a part of. And we had communion, and I usually say something quite uh, different almost every communion. And that communion that day, I got up there and I said, Before you come to this table, forgive anybody that has hurt you. Forgive everybody that owes you anything. Because God says, unless you forgive others, he will not forgive you. Wow, you know, we don't usually say that at communion. So after the service, the guy who was visiting came over and wanted to talk to me about that. He's like... Why did you say that for communion? I was thinking I might come to this church, but I don't know if I want my kids to hear that. I want them to know that it's grace. It's all on the grace of God that we're forgiven. It's not related to. And I'm like, well, I just decided to use that scripture passage this Sunday. And that is part of what we believe as a church. That forgiveness is unconditional, but then it does have conditions. It's a weird tension. Well, needless to say, I scared that guy away. So hopefully I don't scare uh, other new people here today away, but could happen. (laughs) 
Ooh, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm feeling uh, pretty good. At just uh, an aside, I'm kind of antsy uh, this morning because I do a regular prayer time for myself in the desert every year, and I'm leaving tomorrow morning for that, and I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, go off for about 10 days and just spend time praying about my life for the next year and reestablishing some things. with. Uh, so I'm excited about that. So forgiving others. Now, I mean, this is going to be really crude sounding, and I don't mean to be vulgar, but I do think this is a good image. You take the communion bread, you dunk it in the juice, and you eat it. And God says, you are forgiven, it's done. But let's say you walk away today and you don't forgive somebody who has hurt you in your life. You just say, I can't forgive them, I don't forgive them. Then the image that it's like is like throwing up the communion bread. God has given it to you. It's ready, it's it's ready to nourish your body, but... You don't, you can't forgive someone. You're throwing it back up. It's not God's fault. You just decide to hold on to somebody's sin. A better, uh, probably a prettier way to look at this is it's like breathing. When you receive forgiveness from God, you breathe in. When you give forgiveness to others, you breathe out. It's the way God made us to be. He didn't make human beings who are always breathing in. You just can't do that. You breathe in, you breathe out. You breathe in, you breathe out. That's how forgiveness works. God forgives you, you forgive others. God forgives you, you forgive others. A couple other images that I encountered from theologians when I was reading about this. One theologian said, it's like God has built a bridge from the earth to heaven. With God's, with, uh, when Jesus was on the cross, he built a bridge of forgiveness. And when you do not forgive those who have sinned against you or who owe you, you start dismantling the bridge. It's already there, but you start hammering away at it and taking boards off of it and making it impossible for you to cross over. Another theologian said, it's like a tree and you're on this big branch of the tree and you want to trim the tree, but you're sitting on the branch and you start cutting the branch on the wrong side so that if it falls, you fall. None of us want to do that, but it's still hard to forgive, right? Right? It's still really hard to forgive people that have hurt us. It keeps coming back up. It keeps continuing to be something that bothers us. I want to say one thing about forgiveness. It doesn't depend on how you feel. It's a choice you make. It's not a feeling you have. At some point, you may feel forgiven. You may feel that you forgive someone who has hurt you. But until that point, you continually go back and say, I forgive this person. 
I want you to start thinking about those people in your life. The papers that we have today on the seats are for you to write down who you think you need to forgive. I need to forgive so-and-so. No one's going to look at these papers, but if you want to write it in code, if you don't trust, you just, whatever you want to write, a little symbol, a little stick figure. Something, though, is, it's important that you write, I believe it's important that you write something on the paper. Now, if I, with my paper, I, I'm not going to do a paper, but I'm going to tell you what's on my paper. <laughs> so when I was little, my father was pretty abusive to me. And I'm 60, year old, 60 years old now. It's been 50, over 50 years since a lot of that happened. And yet it still comes up for me. It still comes up for me. And sometimes when I think about if I were to meet my father again, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes I think, oh, if I met my dad again, I'd punch him right in the face. And that's how I feel sometimes. But I have forgiven my dad. I have forgiven him for what he did to me as a kid. And that's the reality of my life. Another thing I might write on my paper... Uh, one of the great experiences of forgiveness in my life, although the most absolutely difficult, traumatic thing uh, also in my life, one of them, was that I sinned in a church as a youth leader, had sexual sin with uh, Kelly, my wife now, and she became pregnant and she was in the youth group. I was the youth leader. What a mess. What a horrific mess. Anyway, I've talked about it before. And I don't want to talk about that side too much. But I ended up being asked by the church to confess publicly to the entire church, basically, and to the youth group. Which was really hard to do. And they disciplined me. Now, I thought, yeah, uh, this is not what I deserve. I was very ashamed. I thought I really couldn't get out of that sin. And it all worked for my good, even though it was tremendously difficult. <laughs> now the kids come in. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> interesting. So, now we... The other version of this story. Um, so, after that happened... After I confessed before the church, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> praise God, <laughs> and I want the kids in here. I do. Um, so after I confessed that sin before the church publicly, there were on the youth council that told me I needed to do this, there were probably 12 people, most of them younger people like me at the time and one by one those people started coming to me one right after I confessed right after I said it to the youth group they came to me when I went, ran outside to cry by myself they came out there and they said and they confessed an equal or greater sin they said 
wow, my girlfriend, we got pregnant and she had an abortion and we, cause we wanted to hide it. We didn't know what to do. And then Month later, another youth leader came to me. Eventually, almost every single one of the youth group leaders, the youth council, came and confessed very similar things to what had happened, what I had done. So now I'm like, wait, a, even though it was good for me, I'm now I'm like, oh, I had to stand up in front of the church and confess my sin publicly. They didn't. I had to be disciplined by the church and kicked out of the youth leadership. They didn't. I had to have all these restrictions on me. Now I started, it was, my temptation was, I'm not going to, I don't forgive those guys. They didn't. They made me do this and they were doing the same sin. How, how dare they? I might write this on my paper, but I need to forgive them. And, and some of you don't have that situation, but you certainly have some way in which you got to forgive the church. The church can hurt us, right? We all know that. You might have a sin. You say, I've got to forgive the church for this. So you might write that down. Think about who has hurt you who have you hold a grudge, held a grudge against? Who Maybe you've forgiven them, but they keep coming to mind. You keep having to deal with the emotions. I want you to think about that for writing down on your paper. And then what I'm going to do at the end of this uh, sermon, I'm going to ask that the band come up and then that we all, and the band at, the, at that time can put their papers up here, but that that we all take and put our... Uh, papers with this half of the bread as an offering to Jesus of what the passage of Scripture says. So let, let me have that last one there. And Jesus says this after the prayer. So we say, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then Jesus ends the prayer and he says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. This is a hard, hard saying. But it's who we're meant to be. It's who we're meant to show the world. I'll just end with one last story. This is uh, a few years back. You remember there was a shooting in Amish country, a school shooting. Several young girls, little girls, were shot by a man who was mentally deranged, but he... Anyway, this happened in that community. That community rallied around each other because it was a very traumatic thing for them. And I imagine it still is a very traumatic thing for them. But one of the things they did early on, even though they didn't feel like it, was they made gestures of forgiveness to the shooter and to the shooter's family. The shooter's family was having a funeral for their son who had shot all these kids. 
Who shows up at the funeral? Of course, in the normal life, nobody shows up. But in that situation, the Amish community showed up. And they hugged the mother and the other kids. And they say, we forgive him. Even though they were still very traumatized. This, there's no, it's not like it's, a, oh, we just, oh, it's nothing for us. We just throw forgiveness out there. They felt it. And then years, in the years following, they took offerings and they put together money for the, to support the mother and the rest of the family so that they had housing and food and so the kids could go to school because they were a very poor family. That's what the world needs to see. That's who we are. So when we have been hurt by people and we've been hurt by institutions and we've been hurt by countries, we are people who say, I forgive you. I forgive you. Now, I was going to... It got a little heavy. I was going to have a question answer time. I'm not sure... Maybe anybody have a question about this, like about forgiving other people that just is on your mind. You're like, I don't know about that. What about this situation? Yeah, probably not a great time for questions. <laughs> the kids would have asked them. But So I want you to, as the band comes up, I want the, in the band, you guys can put it up here before or after or whatever, but... Um, I'm going to invite them up here in this next minute, and maybe the lights will go back down. I want you to write on your piece of paper the name, name or names of people or groups that you need to forgive. And then during the last song, I'm going to invite you to come up and leave that as an offering to God. And you may not feel it. And you may have to work through the feelings of that forgiveness for years. I'm 60. I'm still wanting to punch my dad in the face. That's a long time. Get over it, Dan, right? <laughs> but sometimes things hold on. But you still can say, I forgive you. So let me pray and then we'll have the band come up.